Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I am your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. We have an awesome, awesome, awesome show for you today. I actually get to talk to two different people today on the program. Very rarely do I get to talk to two different people. So I had such a great time speaking with Amazon John and Boa Bryce. Yes, those are their real names. Okay, no, not really their real names. But anyway, long story short, they are both from Silly Safaris, an educational outreach program and company based in Indiana. And this is actually really fascinating. So Amazon John started Silly Safaris 24 years ago, and he has grown this business, this educational outreach company using educational animal ambassadors. He's grown it from, you know, something small that started kind of in a bedroom to something massive. Prior to COVID, they had seven full-time employees and their annual revenue from doing these programs was about a half a million dollars. So it was really fascinating to learn how he literally grew this business. And he worked actually prior at the Indianapolis Zoo. So John, you know, has been a zookeeper and he decided he wanted to branch out and try something new. And it really worked in his favor. Now, of course, we are going to talk about what has happened, you know, since COVID because it has been hard for everyone, especially those who work in, you know, this industry when you present animals, especially to live audiences with COVID. A lot of those live shows, I would say 95, I don't know, let's just say 99% of them have been canceled. So during this discussion, we definitely talk about how they've been affected by COVID. But, you know, as you'll notice in the interview, John is fun, he's positive, and he's really looking at the bright side of things. Once again, a fantastic discussion. Boa Bryce, on the other hand, he's such a fascinating guy. He's actually 18 years old. He's going to college and he's the one who messaged me and he actually pitched Amazon John to come on the show. And after hearing about his background working with Clydesdales and how he likes to train African pied crows and crab eating raccoons. That's right, you guys. He has trained a crab eating raccoon. The story's really interesting. I thought, you know what, Bryce, you're a pretty interesting dude. Why don't I have both of you come on the show? And he agreed to it. So we had such a good time. We we discuss a bunch of stuff in the industry. We talk about where it's going. We do kind of go into kind of a little bit of the discussion regarding the politics and the laws, you know, the ethics of keeping exotic animals as pets. There are times that this interview might be a little controversial. I've never shied away from topics like that on the Animals to the Max podcast. I think there's, you know, I think they're topics we should discuss. And, you know, John was very candid about his thoughts on, you know, laws and people owning exotic animals and doing these educational shows. So I, like I said, had a fantastic time speaking with both of them. I know you guys are going to love it. With that said, before we get to it, as always, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Send me a, well, I guess send the show a five-star rating and a review. I hear from a lot of you. I, by the way, I love when you send me a DM on Instagram. That's like, it makes my day. I get a little ding and I look at that message and I'll get, I'll hear from people honestly around the world who listen to this show. And it 
honestly makes it, it just makes my whole entire day and i just want to say i appreciate you so much but if you could also please send a uh, just a review on itunes of maybe your favorite episode or what you like about the show that would be really helpful because it helps get the show out there if you do want to support us, please head over to our Patreon page. Just want to say thank you to our Patreons. You're keeping the show ad-free. Patreon is a way for you to just support the show. Five, ten dollars a month. It goes to web hosting fees. It goes to new equipment. As you know, this is just a labor of love. So honestly, anything helps. And if you want more behind-the-scenes stuff, as always, please make sure to go follow me at Corbin Maxi on my social channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and YouTube. Wow, that's a lot of plugs. Okay, we're done. Are you guys ready for this? Are you ready? This is going to be such a good show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Silly Safaris, Amazon John and Boa Bryce. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. You're amazing. We are happy to be here. Yes. And you know, this is why I absolutely love the show and I love Instagram because Bryce, you reached out to me and you actually originally pitched Amazon John to come on the show. Yes. And go I ahead. wanted him to be on the show. And then you were like, and you too. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys are from Silly Safaris. And John, you are the founder of Silly Safaris. What is a Silly Safari? That's a great question. I used to work at the, the zoo. And then one day they left my cage open and I ran and uh, <laughs> got a bunch of animals. And, and um, I had always done uh, zoo jobs where the focus mm -hmm. was on the human-animal interaction. And it just hit me one day as I turned 30-something and I wasn't <laughs> a zoo manager yet. And, you, you know, in the zoo profession, you've either got to move from city to city to promote mm -hmm. your yourself and your career. Or I thought I would just mm -hmm. start something on my own. So, yeah, in a guest bedroom with very small collection of animals, you know, we had a ball python and a chicken and a ferret, a hedgehog a or whatever. And that was 20, almost 24 years ago. It, wow. it just seemed to work. Yeah, of course, it didn't take much to replace that annual zookeeping salary <laughs> back then either. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you were a zookeeper at the Indianapolis Zoo for how long? Yeah. You know, I, we moved to Indiana in 92 and I left in 97. But before that, uh, we were at Zoo Atlanta. And before that, um, with the World Bird Sanctuary at various zoos doing the bird of prey shows. So I always had that kind of general all-encompassing mm -hmm. background, what with the farm animals and some of the more wild types of animals. But when we moved here, my wife's and my role switched because I was like, education and camp counselor in Atlanta but then I became the zookeeper up here because we had a lot of human animal interactions at the mm -hmm. Indianapolis Zoo at the time um, and uh, and then she became more of a development type person but it's when they made me a marketing person at Indianapolis that I started their outreach program and that taught me sales because college had taught me all about rejection but yeah so I, I once I learned how to like you know call a principal and call a daycare director and, and really put yourself out there to try to get programs to book and be sold that's when I, I knew mm -hmm. yeah I could do this on my own and it's been great ever since so so silly safaris it's just like an educational outreach company basically that does shows around the midwest you got it and, mm -hmm. and, and what we always tried to do was something different you know you and i can go into any pet store in this country now and hold a lot of animals and 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 even talk to people that are as excited as you and i are about animals you don't always get the best information mm -hmm. there right you can go to any zoo and get great information but you don't always get the 
hold that yeah, snake or, 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 or feed that exactly. animal or something else like that. So I always figured in the beginning, Silly Safaris would be really the, the, the perfect blend of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And honestly, I mean, because a lot of people who listen to the show want to become a zookeeper. Did you, and can you be honest with me, John, did you get out of the profession just because you just weren't making a lot of money? Um, yes. And, and I, I needed to kind of mature on my own too. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you've ever worked for a great supervisor, don't say anything yet. Um, <laughs> you know how wonderful that experience is. And when you work with somebody who, who maybe isn't as invested in your future as you mm-hmm. want them to be, that that can become a, a bit of a challenge. And I just thought, you know, it's time to, to hoe my own road per per se and spread your wings and fly you got that right brother so so that's what it was and you know obviously you've got your personality we think the world of you and everybody that we've heard on your podcast we all kind of come into this profession with our own sense of Mm -hmm. humor or our own shtick or our own kind of you know ego if you want to call it that um we always knew that a silly spire would be the perfect blend of theater um and and comedy with the education. So where some people might say edutainment, you know, we know, for example, that when we go to the museum, we're not doing a faith-based show. But when we go to a vacation Bible school, of course, we're talking about how wonderful all these animals are that God's given us, right? Yeah. So it's that mix of knowing who your audience is, mm-hmm. but also being able to blend to that audience. Bryce will tell you when we do a birthday party, you're there just as much to entertain mom and dad and the other adults that have stuck around as you are oh, to yeah. just be that you know, wacky children's entertainer. I, I've known a lot of children's, you probably have too, uh, entertainers, magicians and, and, and jugglers and whatnot that, that actually hate children. Right? Dude, there was this guy, I don't want to name him. Oh my God, I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Okay, he was, he's the worst magician in the world. He doesn't do anything right and in the back, because we would do like kid expos and stuff and he'd be in the back smoking cigarettes like in between his breaks, hating kids. I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. Well, it, it, my very first gig when I started Silly Safaris was actually puppet shows. Indianapolis oh is about two hours from the Louisville Zoo. So I would drive uh, four days a week and I'd do three puppet shows a day in their islands exhibit. They just developed that exhibit. This was years ago, of course, um, where the tigers were here one day, but in another exhibit another day. Oh. And then the orangutans were in that one or the taper or whatever. So they wanted somebody to pop out of the bushes and be theatrical and help visitors find the taper was here last time I was here. Where's the taper? What happened? Oh, he's over here. Follow me. And then when I wasn't, you know, being goofy with that kind of street performance mm. type of theatrical stuff, we were doing puppet shows. So wow, it was a good time. Yeah, I've always said you can hire somebody who's theatrically inclined, a, a bit of an actor, a bit of a character, and teach them how to hold a snake. But you're not going to teach every reptile keeper how to be uh, entertaining. <laughs> Follow me, and not to pick on reptile keepers. I mean, make it any keeper. You and I know when we go to a zoo, and I've heard how you and your wife love to go to zoos everywhere. Um, you, the people that you really wind up interacting with, is the the person with the dustpan and the broom that's walking around. They know the elephant's name and will tell you stories and everything else. So, not every zookeeper mm-hmm. wants to be in front of people but at silly Safaris, that's that's who we are it's what we do Mm -hmm. yeah i love that and i can tell just from talking with you both you're both charismatic and that's what we need i feel like when we're trying to get information out because i mean a lot of the stuff could really put people to sleep i mean let's just be honest a lot of the science stuff i think it's important do you want to say something or go into that 
Oh, no, like, because I, I totally agree, because, like, you can go to a place, like, I've been to a few shows where they stand there with an owl, and they talk about all these amazing facts about owls, but the way they do it, it's like, I feel like I'm in a college lecture. I'm like, mm, okay. But yeah. when you're able, when you throw a few jokes in, you bring some volunteers up, they get to touch the owl. It yeah. just, everyone gets so much more involved, and they retain a lot more of that knowledge when they go home. 100%. That's awesome. So what type of animals call silly safaris home? I, I, I have a list and I looked at your website. You guys have a quite the quite the uh, menagerie. It, it's grown. You know, when it started in the guest bedroom, we, we had that uh, rooster. And, and whenever anybody would mm -hmm. come over to visit, of course, I would have to put him in a crate at night and put him in the farthest away bathroom and, you know, turn out all the lights because otherwise at five o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> Um, but we knew in the beginning it doesn't take much. You know, uh, other people will do tigers or monkeys or things like that. Um, you know, in the inner city, people are thrilled just to meet a bunny rat. You know? <laughs> uh, the most exotic stuff that we have would be the kawatamundi or yeah. the anteater, the, the tamandua. Um, we knew in the beginning, you know, I'm, I, I wish I'd taken more business when I was in college, right? Uh -huh. Um we knew in the beginning in terms of revenue, if you're going to see a preschool more than once a year, you're going to have to travel with different stuff. So we always travel mm. with a couple of mammals, a mm. couple of reptiles, bird and frog and bug. So it's a nice mix of animals. But that mm. also means you need a few different types right. of frogs and you need a few different types of snakes and lizards. And, you know, we've got the usual. I think every education department has a blue tongue skink and a sure. ferret and a hedgehog. Um, but here, you know, when we got the owl, whoa, that just blew everybody away. So now yeah. we have four owls and we have a yellow headed vulture. So we have the non-native birds of prey that you can have because mm. I'm not a huge fan of paperwork and permits. You know, we'll cross Ooh. state lines on occasion, but it's not our our big thing. And the point is you don't have to because there's so many audiences right here that have mm. never seen a, a kinkachu. You mm. know what a kinkachu is, but most people think you're saying Pikachu. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you did something. I So I've, because, you know, I run an education outreach company, but we've only stuck with like the reptiles. We went into the creepy crawlies, but man, you jumped into it with the mammals and the birds. And I take my hat off to you because that is just yet another level of care, you know? Oh, yeah. You're right about that. But one thing about who we are and what we do now, Bryce uh, is, is very well um, uh, educated and, mm -hmm. and understands animals and nature. Going back to that, like you can hire an actor and, and teach them how to hold something and teach them what the jokes are or the shtick is, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a, a vision that some people have and some people don't. If you know what I'm going to say, I know you've done some animal training and positive reinforcement things. Some people can look at uh, the reindeer that we have, and that was my, my point. You know, Just having reindeer allows us to go to that same library that we saw in the summer. We get more revenue more mm -hmm. often throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. So we've kind of annuitized that sale. But, but my point is you and I could look at a reindeer, and right away you would know – that it's kind of limping on one foot and be able to tell me on the keeper report, you know, Oh, it's right front is mm -hmm. a little off. So we would go out there and look at it. Not everybody has that skill set, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. So you, you hire a bunch of people because we, um, well, before the pandemic, we had seven full-time staff people and wow. seven part-time staff people. So we were the, about as I think staffed oh, yeah, as yeah. a small zoo might be, but, yeah. but we all kind of bring a different skill set. So some people need to be lifted in that animal care aspect and the vision and being able to look at an animal and even a lizard might not be feeling well mm -hmm. you and i might be able to see it bryce can see that stuff because uh, he had always worked on his family farm raising yeah. clydesdales mm -hmm. wow mm -hmm. horses yeah. will work yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Bryce, let's go into that. So, t- and you're 18 years old, right? I'm 18 years old. 18. Wow. Yep. Okay. So, I've yeah, been working with animals my whole life. Your whole life. What was that like <laughs> working with Clydesdales? Uh, so, like, I've been blessed to be born to a family that had the Clydesdales. So, you know, very often, like, basically, once a month, we'd go up to the family farm. And ever since I could walk, you know, they didn't have to watch me. They could set me in a manger with the barn cats, and I'm having a ball of a good time. You know, I'm sitting there playing with cats. And then, you know, as I got older and was able to, you know, pull my own weight, then, you know, here's a water bucket. Go fill up that water. Go give that mm-hmm. horse hay. Mm-hmm. And so through all of that, they taught me a lot about care of animals and just a respect because a Clydesdale is a really big horse. Like, you've really got to respect and know what you're doing around that horse. Otherwise, you're going to have some messed up toes. Yeah. So that, it taught me a lot, like, about what I know about animal care and having that respect for animals came from working on my grandparents' farm. Wow. And then so you so you've always wanted to work with animals. And so you're you're going through college. You mentioned where where are you going to school right now? Ball State University. Chirp, chirp. Nice. Nice. And (laughs) so and so you're working at Silly Safaris. What a great. That's awesome. Has this been your first, you know, paying animal gig? Or I I mean, I I uh, hope John's paying you. Sorry. (laughs) How awkward if you're not. (laughs) Um, Sorry, John. He pays me in in, in, uh, food, you know. He gives me a (laughs) fifty every once in a while. Keep me going. There you go. Uh, We're we're more than the state minimum wage, but we're probably (laughs) not what most of your liberal Democrat friends would wish I would pay him. But this kid gets tips. You know, when you do a Mm -hmm. birthday party, you get the gratuity. So, yeah, that's a, a nice way. Right right now we're paying, because of the pandemic, everybody just across the board is $12 an hour. Even me, uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I'm not, you know, we've, I've got some people that are on unemployment. Some people have had to go and, and find another job. But it's funny that you talk about rate of pay and, and everything else. You know, when I hire people, I don't ever post a job description. Mm-hmm. Um, Boa Bryce saw us do a show someplace. I guess it was yep, a cousin's birthday party. Oh, there you go. There at there a cousin's birthday party. And you know how it is. People always walk up up to you and and they'll say wow Corbin I would love to do what you do that was great and you know you might say oh well you want to get started or you want to go to a zoo or whatever um I always say well why aren't you doing what I do and they look at me like well what do you mean (laughs) and I'm like well follow us along on a Saturday You'll, you'll go to two or three different birthday parties or there might be a company function or whatever if you like what we do when you're riding around in the car with us of course that's when I'm really interviewing somebody I don't pay them for that first day unless I hire them and then I do include those hours because I've actually without having to go through the whole oh I'm going to read a boring resume and everything else mm-hmm. I, I can tell I've hired people before where I put them on the floor at an audience so that I can do what I'm about to show them who we are and what we do and the kids just like gravitate to them right yeah. so when Bryce was waiting for the show to start. He's already telling the kids jokes on the floor and the birthday party. And you can just tell when it's a good fit mm-hmm. that way. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the, the only, I, I think in our 24-year history, we've, we've posted two job descriptions. And you do, you get zookeepers applying from all over the country. And, and it, it, nothing's mm-hmm. ever worked as, as well as just saying, oh, well, come along and ride with us. And if it fits, you'll see that it fits. And it, it's amazing how well it's worked. And, and I know it works right away because if I send you out to do a birthday show, show or preschool or mm. summer reading program, what have you. When I have that librarian call and say, Boa Bryce was so awesome and or we really want him to yeah. do the birthday party because I saw him at Johnny's party and he was great. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I know it works. It, it's not 
HR isn't rocket science, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I knew I was doing something right when I would like at shows. I'd have kids come up and say like they want to be like me when I grow up. I'm like oh. I'm not even growing up yet. What do you mean? Oh, I that's know, like, paint that are older than 18 years oh, old. Oh my gosh, what a compliment! And let me take my hat off to both of you. And I'm not wearing a hat, but you, you guys get the point. But I was gonna say because it takes a lot to entertain a kid's birthday. I have done. Thousands. I don't do birthdays anymore, but I have done thousands. I, you guys, I just, anyway, it, I, I take my hat off to you because it's not easy. Let's go into it about entertaining a child's birthday with live animals. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I knew in the beginning, you know, as a business person, you, you start to ask, right? Like, where's my money going to come from when yeah. I left the zoo? And I'm not afraid to talk about numbers if you are afraid of having me shut me down. But um, <laughs> I think when I left the zoo 24 years ago, um, I was making in that low mid 20 range and I was a manager back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 23, 24,000 a year. Um, I could make that if I sold one show for 24,000. Nobody's going to do that. Right. Yeah. You could sell 24 shows for a thousand or you start to look at the building blocks of what a business is. And obviously on a Saturday birthday parties, that's an easy way to generate the revenue. But I never wanted to be just a birthday party company. And we're not, which is a good thing because our revenue comes from um, it, there'll be a year, for example, where the church is vacation Bible school theme is animal related and boy, the phone rings off the hook. Yeah. Then there'll be another year where the library theme, because they all have a national summer yeah, reading, yeah, theme, yeah. isn't nature mm. or animal related. So you get this kind of ebb and flow, but um, you know, what makes birthday parties fun is they're a little more informal. Mm -hmm. You really only have to focus on that one child that's sitting next to you and making them feel like they're on top of the world. And yeah, Bryce has stories about the kid that tries to take the alligator out of your hands, right? Yeah. But there's also stories where you pull out the bunny rabbit and ah, they run and scream and hide under the table because moms will always tell you, oh, Johnny just loves animals, but oh, Johnny may not always love oh. animals. So. <laughs> Every time on the in, on the invoice paper, it says he or she loves animals. We're all like, oh, we got another one. Yeah. You know? it's like We know that that kid probably doesn't like animals. I always wanted the business to be a K-12 business because I've always seen myself as a teacher. I've always sure. seen myself as an educator. And when we go into schools, um, we're, we're funny, but that's not the point. I mean, anybody can make a second grader laugh with a gratuitous fart joke, right? <laughs> but that's not why that's not why you're at an elementary school. You're there to follow the curriculum. So we developed our curriculum. We had teachers that were doing, we used to run a summer camp. That was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of stories about that. Um, the revenue just wasn't predictable. There were some weeks where it would be maxed out and other weeks where you'd have like five kids and nothing, not enough to do. Right. But anyway, um, um, we developed our curriculum with those teachers so we knew it matched the state standards. Um, but let's face it, and I don't know if you want this to be part of the discussion, uh, this podcast or not, but the education system, there are some school districts that have simply said no animals in the classroom. You know, we no. live in a world where it's very hard with your um, – mindset of an animal i think we're all animal welfare obviously you're taking great care uh, of your animals we take amazing care of our animals uh -huh. but when it comes to animal rights and that notion of oh we well, can't have you know even a dog in the classroom or the allergy or whatever it's uh it, it, to me a, a very sad thing mm. there are some school districts that won't even allow us into their buildings so it's it's a lot harder to be a K-12 business than it is to be a, a birthday party business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so sad. I remember when I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher had so many animals. She had pet rats mm -hmm. that would run mm -hmm. around the classroom. And I was like, what? And I remember they got loose. And I think animals 
are so important for classrooms and sure. and bringing you know i mean just to inspire kids and get them going you know i i think it's yeah i think it's great it's funny yeah because in other parts of the world they know this i think in most israeli elementary schools you, you not only have animals in the, in the classroom the animals are in the middle of the table that all the kids sit around because you know they're used to having the sirens go off every day uh -huh. right so it, it's a stress reliever it's it's something that they all are motivated to work together for and care for the animals it's a compassion building thing and yet in this country we're worried about is you know billy uh, allergic to a, a dog or a cat let alone peanut or latex mm -hmm. or everything else right uh -huh. and i've always seen uh, animals as like the best like if you bring an animal to a classroom it's the best educational tool because you can go in front of a classroom and talk about oh the rainforests are burning but if you bring a kinkajou and you know talk about the kinkajou how it lives in the rainforest how its home's threatened and those kids can touch the kinkajou, it's, they're connecting to that problem. They're touching this kinkajou. They're like, oh, I don't want the rainforest to burn and this animal to have no home. So then they get involved more and then they do research and that inspires them to go and inspire others to you know, care more about the rainforest. Yeah, Man, conservation changed a lot. Where were you guys when I was in school? You know the only animal <laughs> entertainment I had? This is so sad. They would bring, and I'm not, oh my God, I just, I've never, I realized how ridiculous it was. They would bring stuffed animals, like mounted dead animals Right. And show us, I swear to God, like fishing game would come and they would have like stuffed beavers and otters. And like, that was our only inner like animal program ever. And as a kid, you're like, ah, oh. you're like, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, you loved it. Cause just seeing a, a stuffed beaver is not, it's better than seeing no beaver. I know, but I'm just saying, I just think it's so important for the animals in the classroom and stuff like that. What has been your most embarrassing moment at a birthday party? I got to dig back to the archives for this one. I, the only one I can really think of off the top of my head. Um, I can't remember if it was a birthday party or a school show, but I had the alligator out. And I, you know, did it, went around, everyone got to pet the alligator, and I went to put the alligator away, and it thrashed, and its tail came back, and it spanked me. Like, oh. it, it stunk. And all the teachers, like, were like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? And you know, I put the alligator away. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And they're like, oh, I saw, did it hit your face? And I was like, yeah, it hit, it hit my face. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. It hit the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Besides gosh. the obvious, you know, accidents, right, the, the pooper, the pee, whatever, um, and we train everybody you hold that big bullfrog over your own lap so if it cuts loose it's the mess is contained and on yep. you and it just becomes part of the getting, kids love that getting that's christened in the kids yeah. kids right love poop oh my they, god they they, they, they love it do yep. it as joke right yep. mm -hmm. um, but yeah for me the most embarrassing one was i, I always trained the staff you got to run your your checklist it's one thing if you forget the vest because you feel mm -hmm. kind of like you're naked. Ooh, I don't I have know. my... It's our my, signature, signature silly song. Yeah, it's nice. not really a costume, just a vest, because it looks the part. But um, but no, I had set up the whole thing, you know, when you're doing a polished show, it's mm -hmm. the transitions that count, right? Yeah. So raise your hand if you love the tortoise better than the hare. Raise your hand if you love the hare better than the tortoise. Well, I'm going to show you my favorite animal, because I love the ones that are covered with feathers. And I reach into the owl crate to get the owl out. I got my glove on and everything. Forgot to load the owl. <laughs> So you drive an hour to the house. It's not like you can say, I'll be right back. You set up the whole bit, and then you realize, 
dope. You know, I took that last minute phone call. I remembered to grab my, my soft drink, but I forgot that owl. <laughs> oh my. Loaded the crate and everything. It's like dope. Yeah, okay. we've all done something like that. Oh my it's like, gosh. Yeah, let me make this up to you next week. I'll drive the owl by your house. <laughs> go. Oh my God. One time I was, I must have been like, I don't know, 13 or 14 doing a birthday party for a, for a group of just young little boys. I mean, I just remember they were all boys. And I remember saying, oh, this is great. It looks like this is just an all boys party. And some little boy looks at me in the front and says, I'm a girl. And I remember, oh. oh my God, the parent, it was the most like embarrassing. I was like, oh my God, I felt so bad. I, anyway, the shortest hair. Anyway, I felt horrible and was <laughs> mortified. So anyway, I learned to never call out genders during birthday parties anymore. That's <laughs> a good point. And aren't you glad that kids are as forgiving as they are? Like oh, if we could all be fine. kids again, the yeah. world would be because you yeah. can say oh i'm so sorry thanks for telling me i'm a boy now let's get going and, and it'll just roll right off the kid will be like fine no big deal but yeah yeah that's that's a good one yeah so yeah, we've all had those animal accidents we now put two pieces of tape on the big python cooler because the python can pop one and while you're talking you you see that head come up and over yep. the cooler and all the kids are like, ah! Yeah, yeah. Not the yep. way you want to introduce a snake at a party. Yeah. <laughs> Was it hard, John, to um, have like to have other staff come on and present shows? Because you because you, know, you want to be the, the person, you want to be the educator, you know? Yeah, it, it's a great question. Um, n- no, it was hard when, as a as a self-taught like sales guy, um, you know, in the beginning when my calendar filled up, I would have to tell customers no. Well, you never want to tell customers mm-hmm. no, right? So uh, it turned out that the gentleman that um, had hired us at the Kentucky Kingdom of Six Flags Park for Halloween shows uh, really wanted to get into the animal business too. And he had a lot of the bigger animals that I never really thought about keeping the, you know, 10 foot plus pythons and the bigger mm-hmm. Out baby alligators and all. And I'm like, well, I'm turning down almost as much business as I'm booking. But at that time, I think I'd been in business almost three years, right? Uh-huh. Um, that's when I knew to go ahead and incorporate and become an S-Corp and, you know, be responsible with all that stuff again. Um, but yeah, he came on and I actually made him a partner, um, which reminds me, you, you know, the one ship that's guaranteed to sink? The partnership. Uh, <laughs> or so, the yeah, friendship. Luckily, I don't have the partner anymore. But that was a lesson that you learned. Remember when I said I needed to mature a little bit? I'm 54. But in my brain, I don't think like a 54-year-old. Yeah, yeah. You're 12. I'm just a big, goofy kid. And I love being around people that, that have that same culture. So I've hired people whose culture doesn't fit. And yeah, you just, you come up with a way to show them the door. You, you ended on as good a terms as you can and you move on. But, but no, hiring people, having them become a part of the culture has never been a, a, a challenge for me. It was a challenge last year because of the pandemic, because I, I had to let a lot of relationships go. And that's obviously not fun for any employer. You think of all those restaurants or other companies that you and I know that just haven't quite quite been able to make it we're still here we're still waiting for those schools to open back up but you know here it is almost february and you're like Mm -hmm. wow what what are we going to do if we're not summer reading again or not going back to the the schools yeah and i mean how many how many animals do you currently care for we have it's a great question we have over over 150 probably individuals that's not counting all the the cockroaches and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, you know how it is. The numbers add up fast. If you have one ball python, you've got six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have four really big Burmese pythons. Um, um, we have a couple of boas and such. But um, I, I think what's more important is like the different 
types of animals mm-hmm. that we have, and we have about 40. So we only have one anteater because, you know, they're not cheap. Um, yeah. and they're, not <laughs> they're not cheap. Um, but, <laughs> no, yeah, they're not. We, we <laughs> the have the four owls. And, and I laugh at that joke, too. Thanks for laughing. Um, <laughs> when I say they're not cheap. It's like new car, anteater, new car. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's funny because when we go out to do a show, people will look at you and they'll say, what's wrong with this owl? As if, why do you have him? And we've always made it a point to buy the animals that we know work for education. Because if you're going to take an animal into a situation where you want for people to have that positive human-animal interaction, you can't take one that's missing a wing or missing an eye. That animal's not going to trust people that way, right? Not every dog that we travel with has to be blind or deaf or missing an ear. You follow me? Some animals you get young, you purchase Mm -hmm. them, you buy them from breeders, and and you – introduce them into that same culture. See, I'm using that word again because you want for them to grow up with the interactions that we provide. Now, we do have animals that we have rehomed. Our our baby alligators were somebody's pet before and and we've got some other, it's Mm. easy to do that with a snake or a a Mm -hmm. skink or a bearded dragon, whatnot. But, um, But yeah, we're not in the business of just taking everybody else's you know, sick or broken, whatever animal and trying to force that issue with education because the education is what's so important so having the right animal ambassador to do the job is really what's what's most uh, special about what we do so yeah if you're going to have one skunk you might as well have four wow thanks for being honest about it too because i feel like there are a lot of educational companies i'm not trying to put you know trying to put them on the spotlight but there's a lot of people that are like oh everything's a rescue and blah 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 or it was rejected from the mom and you're saying no you know we captive you know this is this is how it happened and we you know hand raised it and this is you know um, we're going to use them for education. So thank you for being honest about that. You know, Hey, we, we mm-hmm. bottle raise our, our reindeer calves. If we know we're going to show them, uh, usually the, especially the females. Um, yeah, they're, they're in the house a, a couple of days and some people like, Oh, well that's so sad for the mom. Well, they were going to have to get separated for a mom at weaning anyway. So all we're doing is speeding up the process, but it goes back to that relationship between us as the performer, but mm-hmm. just the animal with the audience, it's it's so important. So but yeah, how, animals, that's what you have to do. What do you say to people who are against what you do? It's hard because, right, like uh, the AZA won't even, you know, credit a, a company like mine. Um, and, and the ZAA, right, um, they recently have since taken stances too against, I, I'm not a fan of hybrid animals so that was an easy requirement mm-hmm. right um so we don't do the cats like the the serval or the mm-hmm. mixed type bingo yeah, no. cats or whatnot that's just not who we are but i'm glad that other people do right because everybody can have their place in this industry there's plenty of room that the pie is infinite you can have your piece of pie and i'm not gonna step on your toes even doing a virtual program uh, in in the world we live in today mm-hmm. there's just there's plenty there's no lack right mm-hmm. but uh but but yeah i've i've never understood all of those rules and requirements um, because it puts people like, and I hope I'm not speaking for you, but it puts us on the outs, right? When, when they pass some law like the Big Cat Safety Act that would exempt an AZA type of institution, but not exempt people like you or I who are just as special 
in the world, right? Of dealing with audiences, of dealing with people, of sharing what is your passion, what is, mm -hmm. I mean, he's got years ahead of him and he's going to go on and work at zoos and in a great yeah. career. He's going to always want to share that passion with people. Why would we want to do anything that minimizes that? In a post-Tiger King world, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, well, those guys are all freaks or they've got tattoos or whatever. And, you know, it's that's not what the industry is. It's you. It's me. Yes, it's your bigger zoo types and all. But there's there's room for all of us. I've never understood why people don't see that. But then again, your average person out there just sees that you're walking a reindeer through the mall dressed as an elf and they think, oh, you're being exploitive or you're being whatever. But but they don't know what we know. Right. They don't know what you know. They haven't raised the reptiles that you've cared for your whole life. They, they see you on the Today Show and they think, that guy's awesome. Mm -hmm. But then they see me at the mall and it, it, it doesn't equate. This you know guy I mean? sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just like an elf, get him. I oh, like I've done a speeches, like I did a speech in a class once about like how animals are great educational ambassadors. And then the person who did a speech after me, their whole speech was on how animals shouldn't be in captivity or used as educational ambassadors. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, this is awkward. Oh, I would have like, loved. Oh, I, I would have loved. loved and to I realized hear that. a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, in her speech was she was misunder uh, misinformed about a lot of the things. Like a lot of things, that people aren't informed about what goes on behind mm -hmm. the scenes you know they think you know oh we're abusing animals oh we're yeah. starving animals when in reality 99.9 percent .9 of places like yours like ours we're taking the best care of the animals that we can so it's like there's you just, have yeah. to i mean let's mm -hmm. face it your audience would know if there was a, a lesion on an animal <laughs> or there was blood or right and they and were <laughs> they're not very forgiving you know mm -hmm. you can't just take your dog limping into the the preschool, you're, you're going to get caught. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I almost, yeah. Uh, my alligator almost took off my middle finger. And I, I had people more concerned about chompers than me. Like, well, I, 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 I don't <laughs> right. care about you, but how was chompers? Yeah, I don't care about you. How did, how did, she, how did she handle the bite? I was like, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, she broke a tooth. I'm bleeding. I might need stitches, whatever. Yeah. That is, mm -hmm. that's so interesting. And we are in a very... Uh, very interesting world where we get a lot of people who are anti-captivity, anti-zoo, anti, you know, and it just, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. on, 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 online. Um, well, it's a good point you make, and I always walk it back. What they really are is anti-freedom, because you and I could talk for hours about should people be able to have a monkey or a tiger maybe. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it really comes down to the, if you ask me, and I'm not making this political, but we have that pursuit of happiness, right? That's one of those rights that we're all blessed with. So yeah, if you want a tiger, go get a tiger. Don't keep it in a cardboard box. You and I both know there's more tigers in the private sector than there are in zoo sectors. So if you're really going to save that species, who's going to do it? Are we going to break it apart to where it has to be private or public? Or is there not a way that we could all work together? The problem is in a world where I want to minimize your freedom so that I can be better. I mean, most of your, well, let's face it, the AZA has kind of in bed with the Humane Society of the United States because that's the path that they chose to go on. And it's to the detriment of other smaller type zoos that they can't afford to be accredited with them or can't afford to go through whatever processes they laid out, right? You can't be um, with an elephant and, mm. and free contact, for example, right? Yeah. So when we start setting up all these boundaries and barriers to, to elevate somebody over somebody else that's why i'm always like you know guys you're 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 missing it mm -hmm. you, you know, I know the but the, i think it depends on the animal because i really in my heart don't think that people should have tigers as pets i mean honestly i really don't i um i just think 
And, you know, some people can argue, you know, because I take care of alligators. I have two rescues. But I just I feel like it just it depends on the situation. Um, I don't have know. They brought the bill in your state against crocodilians because they tried to do it last year in Indiana. So, and we, yes. And where do you draw that line? Well, actually, so I, I was grandfathered in. Um, thank goodness, because I've had my gators for mm. 17 years now. And so we have special permits to house the alligators. Um, but some some of my friends, my buddy had a he had a he had a caiman for 25 years. Her, his caiman's name was Loretta. She was the sweetest thing. I mean, I mean, he Loretta. I mean, right. She had her own bedroom. I mean, he took the best care. And the the state literally said, listen, you get rid of Loretta or we're going to euthanize her or anyway so we were lucky um but yeah i mean so i I was able to get permits for that so i haven't had to fight that's a good thing it is i have to keep my finger on the pulse as a private person doing what we do it's just a you know private we're not a 503c i don't get exempted for being a non-profit or anything like that we're technically what the irs calls a no profit that's important (laughs) but um but yeah, you know, I keep my finger on the pulse. And, and for example, I, I know in Pittsburgh last year, the city of Pittsburgh passed an ordinance that outlawed crocodilians. Well, because the Pittsburgh Zoo had oh. given up its AZA uh, accreditation, remember, oh. because of the elephant and yep, how they yep. want to manage their collection, mm. they were only a ZA. But the law only handled the AZA and not the ZAA. And I don't want to, you know, confuse the audience with all of these, you know, alphabet soup. Um, um, <laughs> but the point is, the the zoo was going to have to get rid of all of its crocodilians, and yeah. they had like three species that were in a a, a CITES approved, you know, endangered species breeding program. I don't know if they've ever figured that out, but it kind of depends on who your mayor is and who your governor is, or who other leaders are as as to where a lot of these rules are coming from. And, and right now the Big Cat Safety Act is is in Congress and it's just so easy to say, well, people shouldn't have tigers as pets. And you're mm. right. If you had one tiger for a pet, you're not helping a breeding program. You're uh-huh. not really helping conservation. But I do mm. think there's that balance of, of, of ways that you can do what you do because you're passionate about animals and you know this guy has a future ahead of him and he wants to to, to have the bigger constrictors and and uh, oh, he yeah. wanted he wanted a mexican beaded lizard and i Me was like too. Yeah. <laughs> i said yeah you can keep that here and his mom was like no her finger and she uh, kind of did, like yeah. did a little, no. thing, a little thing. Yeah. so instead he gets the yellow anaconda mm-hmm Oh like, my oh. gosh. Oh, that's so cool, man. Why did you Minaj, she's awesome. Nikki Minaj. Oh, it's yeah. such a good name too. Oh Yeah, you know, animals have to have great names. Our alligator is named Louie. Louis Vuitton. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, the names are key. Yeah, and I wanna it, it's so tricky because I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think that people shove tigers as pets, but there are certain situations. I have a friend who provides large big cats for motion pictures for tv and i've been to his place it's a private place and the exhibits are great and they're huge and it's like you know where do you draw the line it's a very interesting discussion well and he would probably be grandfathered in but if if you didn't have you know corbin maxi to put in a good word for you how do you i don't think get past that I don't think this guy needs me. <laughs> I think he did. No, seriously. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a very interesting discussion. Go ahead, Bryce. Like uh, like a few weeks ago, there was that whole bill in Michigan that outlawed uh, crocodilians, outlawed monitors, outlawed venomous snakes. 
And it's like, I believe it should be hard for somebody to get a Cobra. Not You, I, you shouldn't be able to yeah. order. It should be mail order. Yeah, you shouldn't order a Cobra and it'll be there overnight. Like, you mm. sh I don't think that should be a thing. But there's also a lot of places in Michigan that I know of, you know, that I follow a guy, Brian Barsnick. He's got an awesome reptile zoo. Critchlow runs an alligator sanctuary. And they Michigan. do great work um, educating the public and showing people that reptiles and alligators aren't bloodthirsty killing machines. They're an intelligent, higher-thinking animal. But because of that bill, they would have had to get rid of so many of their animals. But thankfully, that bill, you know, fell uh, fell through. So they're able to keep their uh, animals. Man, so many politics and laws and all that. Ugh. That's the only time I get involved in politics yeah, and, is when it involves animals. And, and yeah. let's face it, we all know we all know that one individual in, in Indiana. It's sometimes more than one um, who just gives the industry less than a good name. See, sure. I'm choosing very carefully. Mama. <laughs> Don't, Don't say, say anything uh, at all. But but my point is, in an industry such as ours, we do need to lift each other up. And um, I, I think uh, it's just too easy to be cutthroat. And, you know, people that uh, are out there that are so um, egocentric, right? I, mm -hmm. I never wanted – I didn't call the company Amazon John or Jungle John or anything else. It was Silly Safaris because it was never supposed to be about me. It was supposed to be about that bond between people and animals. And, and when you can focus on that – then there's room for everybody to grow. There's room for everybody mm -hmm. to lift each other up. But it only takes one, you know, idiot with a tiger in an arsenal of, of whatever. And, and before you know it, that's what makes the news, right? In a post-Tiger King world, that's who we're, our, that's who our reputations are kind of up against, right? So, so we need for Bryce to um, keep training the alligators. And uh, he's one of the few staff that's been able to come on and work with our African pied crow and get no. it to free fly. Really? Yeah. Oh, this guy loves positive reinforcement, loves animal training. So, Well, I've always loved animal training because I did it with the horses a lot, you know, breaking them to ride or do cart and stuff like that. Um, but the best part about training an animal, like target training our raccoon or our coati, or, you know, giving a food call to the alligators is that moment when it clicks with the animal, when, like, you make the food call and the alligators know what that means, or when the raccoon goes straight for the target, touches it, comes for you for his reward. It's like that's when you know the animal got it, and you're like, it's just the best feeling in the world. Wow. Bryce, you are just years ahead of so many people. I mean, you really should be proud of yourself because, I, I, yeah. I am truly blessed because, you know, I'm going to Ball State for zoology, and a lot of zoology people that are, you know, doing it there, I ask them, like, have you gotten a job where you've got to work with animals? And some have volunteered or worked at, like, a pet store or an animal rehab clinic. But I'm the only one that's, you know, had a job hands-on with exotic animals for, like, two years now. And I'm like, man, I, I, I am truly, like, blessed and humbled to have this opportunity and get this experience. It was so, never about money for me. It was always about experience. Yeah. And so what is your, I mean, what is your goal? Are you waiting for Amazon John to drop dead? And I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, nice place, I know, right? Are, are you waiting for him to kick the bucket before you get, you know, hop on board or like, uh, what is your goal? I keep finding tarantulas on my desk. Should I, be <laughs> I know. Here. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's um, funny. My, uh, a big goal, like people always, for a long time always ask me, you know, what's your goal in life? And I had no idea until I uh, met role, my, like, or I saw my role models like Austin Stevens, Nigel Marvin, Steve Irwin, Dean Schneider who um, were teaching people about, you know, predators specifically, you know, venomous snakes or lions, hyenas, and they're painting them in a different light because snakes, for, they have a bad rep in general. You know, you're always told, don't go pick up snakes. It's just, but people don't understand them. And these guys, you know, brought to the TV and showed the world that these aren't 
animals out to get you. They're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to do their own thing. You know, they don't want to hurt you. And so I kind of realized my life passion is to, you know, share my love and passion for animals and teach others that, you know, especially the dangerous predatory animals aren't bad animals. Just because they have to hunt for their food doesn't mean it's a bad animal. It's just that's, you know, how they survive. And so I want to share that love and passion and teach others that just because it has venom or sharp teeth or, you know, a, occasionally will attack somebody, it's not a bad species or what you know, whatnot. Wow. So as you're, I mean, do you want to, I mean, be, I'm trying to think like um, work at a, a, a sanctuary in Africa? I'm, I'm trying to figure out like where, like, where do you so see yourself in 10 years? For a while it was, I wanted to go into studying uh, predatory animal behavior because I love the predators and I love uh, animal behavior. Sure. But the more and more, you know, a lot of people like on your podcast, you know, I've started inspiring me. And, oh, um, that's so cool. I know. I'm like, now the more and more I do it, like I've, I've always had a dream since I was a kid to own my own facility and, you know, help, you know, use that to share and teach the public and share my passion of animals. And the more and more as I, farther I get, I'm like, you know, I'm starting to lean more towards trying to get to that point, pursuing that dream and owning my own place one day. Wow, that's awesome. And I just realized how messed up that is for me to ask you what you want to do in 10 years in front of your boss. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, no. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, like, I've, had, I've had a lot of staff over the years, and when one of them came to me and said, I want to walk the Appalachian Trail, I'm like, dude, if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? You know, you're pushing 30 himself. So he took the summer off. He came back to work. Um, Bryce said to me just a couple of weeks ago, he was thinking of trying to apply for some internships far away. If if we don't take this generation and lift them up now, especially to pursue their goals and their, their hopes and their dreams in an, in an industry that, quite frankly, I'm worried about. I don't know how worried you are about it, but going back to some of those laws and the political processes to, to do what we do, this guy needs to be a, a leader 10 years from now. And he's not going to get that just doing what I do for a living. I, I, I think I taught myself probably halfway through what has been my journey with Silly Safaris, you, you've got to go out and seek that younger person. Um, and Bryce, uh, I've only hired one person as young as he was when he started yeah. here and she had come to summer camp. So, uh, so yeah, um, we've got to get them young. We have to, uh, like a flower, water them and fertilize <laughs> them and send them on their way. So, so I'm always spreading crap. All a beautiful over. speech. <laughs> that was really great. I think I shed a little tear there. That was really good. No matter what job I get after this, it will never be as good as this job. And because it's not even the animals or <laughs> shows, it's just been the people here. Cause I didn't realize coming into this, how that we become such a family because you know it's, I always thought you know coworker coworker boss but it's you know as COVID hit and you know some had to leave but those who stayed we became such a family you know you got like the crazy uncle yeah. you know I'm the I'm like the young brother <laughs> of everybody here so everyone's always picking on me it's just this nice family system that we have here so no matter where I go it'll never be as good as this job because of the people. There you go. You completely saved your butt right there. There you go. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did it. We got so, a job after this. Yeah, but, I, but it's a culture thing, you know. Yeah, I I really want to ask though how, and I hate to bring the mood down, but how has COVID affected everything? It, it's a good question, and um, 
you know, I'm not a negative person. I'm a, yep. a glass is half full. So, um, yeah, COVID has been hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, see, and I count my blessings because I've got mm. some dear friends in Wisconsin. They run a bed and breakfast that they've had to put up on the, uh, you know, for sale because with the 10% occupancy, you can't pay Man. the bills, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So we're still hanging on. Yes, I wish that COVID weren't a thing for all of us, but there's so many people I can point to that are hurting more than we are. Um, we were um, over half a million in revenue before wow. the pandemic. So last year we were just below half of that. Um, and I think what hurt is, yeah, I've had to, like I say, the relationships, the staff, everything is, has changed. But the ones that have stuck around, of course, are still helping me to take care of the animals and do what we do. And there's still people that want a birthday party and um, we're wearing masks and doing what anybody would do. You know, our governor has his guidelines in place so we can do that and and still uh, still be successful. But I wonder how many other um, single type animal companies um, are, are faring as well. I can always point to somebody who has it worse off than, than, than we do. But I do think if we don't open back up soon, it's, it's going to really hurt. I mean, as a K-12 business, you know, March, April, and May is our busiest month. Um, May, May, June, July, and December are the biggest months of the year. Our reindeer season was just over half this year compared to last year. So like I say, I'm not complaining, but we really do need to get the kiddos back in school. I'm sure a lot of parents at home are like, yay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and we need to be allowed to to go back in there and do what we do too. We're doing virtual programs. We've done the pivot. I hate to use that word. I think people are (laughs) sick of that word, but you know, yeah, I I told you we have a studio. We just have a painted wall. Fancy microphone. Nice. He's got those really cool. I know, and like the the headsets and everything. I know. See how he has that screen in front of his microphone. Thank you. The only thing though, it looks like I'm recording this in a cave because the lighting's so bad. It looks like a closet or something. No, it's no, it's my office, and I tried to put on. Okay, honestly, I'll show you. This light is so strong. I just couldn't do this in my eye. Hold on, look at this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, there you go. For an hour, and then I thought, isn't there going to be a shadow on my face? You could be doing like shadow puppets. There you go. Dog and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's exactly what happened to me. But no, I kind of like how you said that people had to pivot. Um, I mean, that's something we had to do. I mean, we had to start doing virtual shows. Just, of course. I mean, that's just, and it was weird. You could kind of get used to that awkward silence. That took me a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it is what it is. But how hard was that for you? Because you've got that great reputation. People can say, well, do you have a video? And you can be like, well, go to my YouTube channel and see what I look like on Jay Leno and everything else. Um, it's been it's been difficult. I mean, honestly, taking our live. So I love live shows. I've never mm-hmm. felt more at home on yeah. a stage. We're anxious to get back. <laughs> I'm so anxious. And I think I only had, I think since COVID four or five big events and that was just out. I mean, which has been so crushing for us. Uh, virtual right. shows have been fine, but I mean, it, it hasn't been easy by any means. I mean, the, the animals are fine though. People, you know, have, uh, you know, but it's just, uh, yeah, we're, we're well, going Bryce, Bryce and I will do two things after taping the podcast with you. And thank you so much for uh, oh, sure. it on. Sure. Um, one, we'll go to your Patreon. I want you to. to oh tell- yeah. See, see how I'm becoming the interviewer now. Go, I want yeah, you to tell you me a little about that because I might need to might need to do something there. And two, we're going to send you a picture of our favorite zookeeper so you can put that on the wall behind you. It'll, it'll be oh, a Bryce. <laughs> 
Well, you I can have like the Wall of Fame behind you, know, you, like at a restaurant where people sign their name. And- so many people have said you need to replace it. So I took this down. I had on, um, I had on Coyote Peterson, the, the famous YouTube guy, and my wife. Yeah, like, that was a great episode. By wasn't the way. Coyote awesome? He is such a cool it's dude. Awesome. I, dude, and I, I love. He says Coyote. I know. Oh, Coyote. Yeah, awesome. yeah, from yeah, Idaho. Right, uh, Kyle was so cool. I just sometimes I just he's could not have been a nicer guy. But my wife crazy, but cool. He's cool. He's yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely crazy. He has a uh, tolerance for pain. But my wife's like, you need to take down all these maps and it looks too cluttered and it needs to look simple. And then now I just look like I'm in this sad room. Uh, (laughs) So I think I might add the maps back. Isn't that something? Yeah. Words that I've learned to use uh, because of COVID. Patreon. Zoom, right? <laughs> you know, pod, podcast, TikTok. My my wife handles all of our social media stuff. Oh. So yeah, she's she's great at the TikTok. And like we have a our egg eating snake was eating an egg, and then the next wow. day we were there with the camera to watch it spit the spit the egg out. Well, oh. a couple hours later, but mm-hmm. but yeah, just fun stuff like that. What we did do, obviously, twenty three years in business. Um, you've got that audience that loves you and appreciates the animals yeah, uh-huh. and falls in love with the personalities that go out and do uh-huh. what we do. Mm-hmm. They wanted to help from the beginning. So we gave them the ability to sponsor an animal. Yeah, um, We smart. came up with little um, animal grams that are mm-hmm. just the talking picture of the animal. It's an app you can get on your phone. But we sell those for $25. So for mm-hmm. something that's small that somebody can do for a birthday you know, card or a Valentine's card. Oh, nuts, there you nuts. go. Um, yeah, you, you've got all kinds of ways to kind of reach people and still do do fun stuff. But yeah, between the virtual programs and some of the other, um, we've we've uh, gone into corporate meetings just with our owl, you know, and we're kind of <laughs> behind the scenes answering their questions, but it's really about the owl or mm-hmm. the reindeer or, yeah. or whatnot. So we came up with all of these ways to kind of keep people connected. I just didn't know we'd be doing it, you know, nine, ten. It, this is going on a whole year later, and I, I yeah. keep waiting for that light at the end of the tunnel. I know it's there, but, but uh, boy, yeah, thank God vaccinations are starting to roll yeah. out, right? Can I be honest with you guys, though? Please. This is I, – people might hate – I know, right? I've been lying the whole show. Let me just be honest. <laughs> <once>. <laughs> um, I've – honestly, 2020, though, I mean, financially it wasn't great, but it – it made me become so much more creative and mm-hmm. I honed in on the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube. It that gave content. me time, content to become a content creator. Never before have I focused so much on creating content and I love it. So it's, I, I look at it as like this blessing in disguise, honestly, um, mm-hmm. glass half full type of persons as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, like with uh, COVID, um, like I had a uh, when COVID hit, I was my senior year of high school, and so oh. we stopped the school, and it all became oh. online. But and, and that sucked because I couldn't, you know, graduate or go to prom or all any of that. But it allowed me more freedom to come in here, and by he was here every day. I I basically lived here, you know, I had a little cot set up in the corner. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it allowed me to come in here every day, and that's when I started being able to like he taught me how to train the crow and start talking about target training, and so I was able to gain so much experience because I wasn't going to school. So in a way, I was still learning and still getting that uh, experience. Yeah. Bryce has target trained our uh, South American crab eating raccoon. Yeah, let's talk um, about this. A crab eating raccoon. When you email me, you're like, oh, he's trained this crab eating raccoon. I went to Google. And I'm like crab eating raccoon. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, and I I know you Jeez. don't like have mammals in in your collection per se, but you know the raccoon is a stretch. It's another one of those animals that you get young, but it grows up. And as sure. it grows up, raccoons just by their nature can become very oh. food motivated and yeah. very 
uh, uh, aggressive, right? They, they just get around food and they're, and sometimes it doesn't have to even be food. It could be some prop that's on or your vest or a pin or in your shirt or whatever. You're fighting your raccoon and then bleeding because of the teeth and the claws. And Bryce was like, well, what do we do? And I said, well, we're going to have to get that separation of the, the food and the aggression as best we can. And it, mm -hmm. it came up to target training. So tell them, tell them where we started, what you did. Uh, so I took a broom stick, unscrewed the broom part, and I took a roll of Gorilla Tape, uh -huh. and I made a big ball at the end. Okay. So very, very high tech uh, technology sure. right there. Um, <laughs> and low budget. Hey, you know what? You're using what you have. I'm not going to knock on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then I ordered one of those like little trainer pouches, you know, that they use at like, you of know, course, Sea World. Of course, World. To, to, to look, at, look official. Absolutely. And so then it started with, I could use his favorite food, uh, hard boiled egg yolk. He does like it. He does. He does love that. And, um, it started with him just coming close to the target. If he acknowledged it, you know, good boy, here you go. And then I started getting him to the word, you know, here. And so he would mm. start associating that with the target. And then I'd wait until he touched it with his hand because he's very handsy. Sure. So he started to touch it. And then good boy, here, touch it, good boy. And then next thing you know, the second he saw that stick coming, he was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Where are we going? Where are we going? And so then I was able to start working on him to get up onto his shelf or at the back mm. of his enclosure so we could get in and put a food bowl down or something while he was out of the way. Wow. That's congratulations. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Well, and I knew Bob Rice would be great at it because I'd given him Karen Pryor's book, Don't Shoot the Dog. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And he actually read it. Oh, right? good. How many times have you given somebody a book? Hey, this book has a lot of meaning for me. And somebody's like, yeah, sure. I'll I use it to pop the couch up, right? Yeah. yeah no, but Bryce read it and came in and wanted to talk about these ideas. And we would go over the plan. And I didn't – I never once stood over your shoulder. And, mm -mm. yeah, I just – you know, you got to give people their own chance to learn. And sometimes you learn by failing. I don't know. Did you bleed? Did he make you bleed? No. Yeah, I didn't give him the opportunity to. I didn't Good. get that close. That's, that's, that's awesome, Bryce. That's awesome. Amazon, John, did you regret getting a raccoon because he became aggressive? Was there a time when you're like, what did I get myself into? There, do I regret it? No, because the experience <laughs> always teaches us something, right? Um, Be yeah, honest. If you, were to say, <laughs> if you were to say, are you going to get another one? I would say, oh, hell no. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, we, we learn. It's, <laughs> it's a great Thank question you, you ask because people, <laughs> well, you know, when you do a show, people always say, is there ever an animal that you've always wanted that you've never tried before, right? Because you know how it is. People call, you know, do you want my lemur? Do you want yeah. my whatever? Yeah. And there's just a lot of animals that we know we don't want. My wife really wants a prehensile-tailed porcupine. Oh, yep. those oh. are awesome. Oh, they're right. really yeah. nice. I don't know if we'll ever get one. We have a, we've had several Coatamundis. Sure. We've had several kinkachus, you know, in the scheme of things, some of those are good, some of those aren't. But I could say the same about the three Great Danes that we've tried, right? Yeah. So, so it could be a dog, it could be something else. But these raccoons, it's just that that food aggression. Um, and Ryan the lion, when we got the, the raccoon, Ryan's another great personality mm -hmm. here oh, yeah. for shows. Um, he's just a baby. So we said, Ryan, you got to take it home. You got to make this guy yours. It's one of those animals that becomes very much a one person. Animal. person. Oh. I don't know if you've ever worked with parrots. We don't have parrots in our collection because while McCall's, for example, or African greys are beautiful. Well, I could never get an African grey because they mimic everything that comes out of the <laughs> But um, 
I, yeah. It's more you than me. Well, yeah, well, it's kind of the wife, too. Uh, that's, good. Yeah, that's why we don't let her answer the phones. But anyway, um, you know how parents can just become bonded to one person, sure. and that doesn't work for us. We need animals mm. that I can, you know, have any staff come in, and anybody can take a blue tongue skink and a ferret and a skunk and, and, and the, the owl to the show and come back, and, and everything's happy and safe and, and wonderful. So the raccoon... We, we thought it was going to work the model. We did our best to try to make it work that model. Um, but Ryan the Lion is the only one who can still mm -hmm. go out with him. Um, and it's a funny story he would tell you if he was here, but he's not. So I'll tell you. Um, you know, <laughs> and you have that kid in school that um, has like the cochlear implant, right? And you have to wear the little extra microphone neck oh, thing. I don't uh -huh. know if you've ever done that a live show. But we go to a lot of schools where that special needs audience so ryan's wearing this oh, i don't know thousand dollar yeah. piece of equipment Expensive. and the raccoon decides that he wants it mm -hmm. so as ryan's taking it off to hand it back to the, the the teacher or whatever the raccoon just grabs it and then it became a wrestling match and yeah there was blood because oh you know, my gosh have teeth and sure. claws and yeah ryan had to get that piece of equipment back so you you wonder sometimes you know in, in the scheme of things there's behavior and there's animals and animals are always going to be animals but mm -hmm. the raccoon yeah when it comes to predictability i've always said the audiences are much more unpredictable than oh, the, yeah. the crow or the or the kinkajou but that raccoon he's he's he's, he's not as predictable yeah. as some of the other animals that we work with are so yeah this He's is us a lot. this is why I like reptiles doing these shows. <laughs> They're so easy. You just you know yeah. I just ah uh, yeah. that's why I love them so much. I mean we've had to expand you know because when I do these national shows, a lot of those shows don't like. I mean maybe I could squeeze in one reptile, but they don't want to see me go you know off and share my love of reptiles. It's the mammals and it's the birds and sure. it makes things a little more complicated. <laughs> Um, well, but and, and to your credit, if I can just pay you a compliment here, please. you obviously have to have. <laughs> see, says, please, please do, please come on, please. <laughs> I need it. I need, I need it. So I need some. First of all, a great number of friends, but also the ability mm. to really garner trust and faith. Because when you've been on the Today Show, I, I, I heard your story about about the cheetah and some of the other animals. Uh -huh. um, you're showing mammals so yeah you've obviously reached that level that i know bryce aspires to in this profession mm -hmm. to where you can call somebody up and say hey can i borrow your serval yeah. or whatever yeah. and, and still get on the news and 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 help people get to know those animals better so kudos to you thank I, you i don't know how you've garnered all those it, relationships it but. took a lot of work it was not overnight we used to like actually though when i first started on national tv it was honestly using my own animals and it takes a lot of work and you know but you make connections contacts and mm -hmm. lifelong friends and you know we're, we're yeah. still doing that so nothing's impossible though you know yeah yeah we're well, obviously still doing it i i uh i don't have any regrets the the path that i've been on but you know um I could have spent more time like, uh, you know, you get that same call. You want to be on America's Got Talent and everything. Yeah. I've just always said no to, to those things because I've got principals I need to call or I've got that daycare director. Oh, that I know. God. Okay. Why not? I, you should do America. Right? Oh, I didn't know about this. Why would you not go on America's Got Talent? Exactly. You oh, should yeah. bring on the crab, the crab Ooh. eating, the crab eating raccoon. Oh, my God. That would be. Yeah. A... Wouldn't that be something? Ooh, that'd be a. Now, I just, you know, it, it, honestly, what what scared me more about it, because the first I could have gone to Chicago. That was where, like, the first audition was. And this was, I don't know, pr probably 10 years ago when that show was really popular. Sure. Um, 
And I thought, yeah, I could take, I had this dog that if I pointed at him, he would show his teeth. So I had this whole comedy bit where I would, you know, not pretend to see it, but I would point and the audience would laugh. And I'm like, what are you doing? No teeth. And then he would show, show yeah. his teeth. It's very funny. So yeah, I knew I could get to a, a, a second or maybe even a third round, but then it would be like, Oh, now we want you to fly to LA. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't even, I, I, I cringe nope. because I had to answer your email and I'm like, I got homework. So I, I, I want homework. I could only imagine. I, I heard you talking about like all the paperwork just to get a cheetah in the studio oh, and all the God. hurdles you yeah. jump through. And, oh, yeah, and people don't realize for these short moments of fun that they see with you on TV, it, it takes, gosh, hours. And, by the we, way, I want to say something because at the beginning of the conversation, you were saying that you could just bring, you know, on domestic pets for your shows. More people were excited to see the companion puppy that was with the cheetah than the actual oh, cheetah. Yeah, we, yeah, that happens all the time. Like I've gone to like a, you know, schools and pulled out an owl and, you know, I get a whoa. But then I go to like another school and I pull out a chicken and the audience goes <laughs> wild. I'm like, yeah, it's you crazy. Can train chickens to do pretty cool yeah, things, right? And, and everybody loves a baby bunny. At the end of the day, what was your favorite? The bunny. So you've spent four thousand for an owl, or five thousand <laughs> for or fifteen thousand for a reindeer. And at the end of the day, what do they love? The bunny rabbit. <laughs> I can get at the tractor store for oh, next to nothing. Right? Yeah, you spent fifteen grand on reindeer. Is that the going rate? I think this year the going rate for a cow will be 15. Last year we sold a, a few cows, which oh was about God. the only cash flow that we had for 12. So. Wow, there's a lot of money in that. That's that's insane. In the lower 48, you make your money by showing them, right? And yeah. this year, let's face it, we're all so hungry for anything that I, I hope your live shows you know, certainly come back this spring like ours will because yep. Easter's around the corner and there's going to be yep. more outdoor functions and picnics yep. and things but we're also hungry for something that's normal so yeah the reindeer uh, business down here is pretty lucrative if you lived in alaska that's your <laughs> meat animal you, so you need to go to new york i one time i wanted to um rent a reindeer for the today show and it was astronomical how much they were charged. It was thousands. I mean, I'm talking thousands yeah. and thousands to rent it for an hour. And then this thing, it just, it was, I was like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm yeah, good. And I bet I know who you talked to when you did it. Um, yeah. If you had known me, I, I don't like, oh, dude, the Today Show, I'll be there, dude. you know, for, I think from here it's a 12 hour drive. That's and, not bad. That drive oh my God. I'm going to put it out there that we'll probably do Ranger on the Today Show. That'd be great. We'd love I'll, to. I'll, I'll stand in the back. I have a face for radio. That's why I'm thrilled to be. <laughs> face for radio. I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you guys. Well, you guys have been great. We're we're over an hour, and I just want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, just to speak with me. It's so cool to learn about your successful business. And Bryce, mm -hmm. honestly, dude, you are you're gonna go places, man. I mean, you already are oh. going places, and you are. You're, you're so ahead. You're uh, no, seriously, though, that's so cool. You're getting the experience. And I just, man, you're learning from John. I think it's great, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a ton. That means so much. Yeah. We yeah. love it. It's good to be yeah. us. Thank you for uh, giving a couple oddballs a chance to uh, be on this very famous podcast. Yes. And I, like I said, here's to hoping that moving forward that uh, live shows will continue. And, you know. They will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Look at that positivity shining through. I love it. Amazon, John. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope that we yeah, I just hope our, our government allows us to do what we do. Yeah, I, I did a live show. I think my last one was in October, but it, it was at a theater. And I remember I just like was on stage and I was like, 
Oh, I felt so good. I just like told oh the God. audience, I just oh want to let you guys know that this feels so good. I missed like going this. home again. You're like, oh, I'm back. it was going home. I, I just I loved it more than anything. So yeah, I'm it definitely go back for sure. Well, the audience mm. loves it too, and and they love you, and we love you, and thank you so much oh, yeah. for letting us be a part mm-hmm. of uh, the podcast. You guys are amazing. Absolutely. Oh, and how can my listeners find you, Silly Safaris? If you're in the Midwest, can we book you? Can we request? Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. Really? Oh. We, we honor as many requests as we can handle. Absolutely. Yeah, it's sillysfaris.com. And, uh, of course, we're on Facebook and TikTok and all that Instagram other good content stuff. And, Thanks to yeah. Eagle Emma. She's the best. So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. And I will link all of that in the show notes. You bet. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Have a good one. You're amazing. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.